Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and I'm so happy you're here with us. If you're just joining for the first time, I am a special needs mom, a special needs attorney, and a best-selling author. So please grab your coffee, and if you're like me, you might be listening in your car. I spent a lot of time in the car in my day. And please join us for some important discussions to help you thrive in this complex special needs world. Each week, we're going to chat with parents and experts, and sometimes parents who are experts, to offer compassionate advice for all stages of your life. These are the conversations you would have with your best friend if your best friend was an expert like me. Let's go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. Today, I'm back telling my story, and it's part three. If you missed the first two podcasts, I'm just going to give you a quick recap. So if you don't know me and you're just joining, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And what you need to know about me is that I started this podcast back in September of 2019. So I am in my third year. It's been about two and a half years now. The podcast is going great. I started this podcast as a way to share information and stories in the disability community and to share my story as well. And on this podcast, we talk a lot about why sharing our stories is so important. We talk about the fact that sharing our stories helps us not to feel so alone individually. And also, hopefully, we can help other people feel less alone as well. Back in the day, 25 plus years ago, when I started my journey as a mom of a disabled kid, Elizabeth, We didn't have the internet the way that we have it today. We didn't have that same contact. Um, Elizabeth was really premature. She was a very medically fragile baby. She had an intellectual disability. She was physically challenged. She was blind. And I say was because she passed away at 17 from what we later found out was mitochondrial disease a degenerative neurodevelopmental disorder and um, unfortunately very profound for my Elizabeth. So we, the only way that we as parents were connecting back then was trying to get out to a meeting and there were groups for different things. Um, Getting out with Elizabeth was hard. Getting out without her was even harder. And many of you will absolutely appreciate what I'm saying about that. Um, there, there's no childcare for kids like Elizabeth. We needed nurses. They weren't always available. Um, and some of the group meetings were not a good use of our time. So, now things are different. We have so many venues and so many uh, modes of being able to share information and connect and connectivity 
in our community is so valuable and so important. Not only just connecting with each other, but we tell our stories so that the world beyond us knows what our lives are like, knows how to be a great ally to our community. And it offers us a, a possibility of what I call a real relationship. Um, so many times when Elizabeth was growing up, people would ask like, oh, how are you doing? But they don't really, really want to hear how you're doing because how you're doing is not great sometimes. Sometimes the truth is pretty ugly. People want you to say, I'm fine. I'm good. How are you? Or Elizabeth is spectacular. You know, what a great smile. I mean, everybody focuses on that, right? When there's nothing else that they can say about your kid. Oh, she's beautiful. What a great smile on that baby. Um, so as I, uh, started out my life as an attorney, a disability attorney, and sort of advanced in my career, I realized that I just wasn't doing enough and wasn't meeting enough, um, of the need out there, I guess, not just in my community, but everywhere. So, you know, I was the mom that never said no. I joined every committee. I joined first local, then state, then national. Still trying to reach more people and have an impact in the disability community. And as Elizabeth got older and got sicker, it was hard to participate. But once she passed away, after going through a period of pretty profound depression and mourning, I started to pick myself back up and realize that I still had more work to do. And there were things that I wanted to do in Elizabeth's name and Elizabeth's memory in our family's name to continue to impact the disability community and my fellow parents and siblings and caregivers out there. So I wrote a book called Butterflies and Second Chances, a mom's memoir of love and loss. It's my story about me and Elizabeth and our family. And it started out as journal entries that turned into something wonderful. Not always a happy book, but it's an honest book and it's our story. And after the book was pretty successful, I kept thinking of other ways to continue on that same track of trying to reach out to the disability community and do things that were global and not, oh, I'm only going to work with blind kids or only going to work in this venue of people with brain injuries or medically fragile. Um, I wanted to create something that reached everybody and maybe that sounds a little egomaniacal I don't know but uh really just with a generous heart and spirit wanting to be there for folks just connecting people and so I started special needs family services and special needs companies 
to, um, to continue on the service to the disability community beyond the law firm. Because not everybody needs a lawyer, not everybody can afford a lawyer, and we're only lawyers in Massachusetts. So I wanted to expand the reach. And then the next thing that I decided to do, because I loved listening to podcasts, was to start this podcast. And I thought this podcast will reach even more people than the book did. And it's been great. It's been wonderful. Um, we're doing other things like Circle of Care, a private Facebook group that people in the disability community can join. That's going wonderfully. And just getting as much information and support out there as we can. So now here, the podcast has been around for two and a half years. It's got a great following all over the world, actually. And we just are having so much fun presenting experts and family members. And like I say in my intro, parents who are experts, just like me. And the, the, the spirit of the podcast is to present both technical information and resources and also just sharing our stories. And I don't mean to say just because that's so important. So here I am on my third episode. The first episode was all about our story, me, Elizabeth, Caroline, my family, how Elizabeth came to be, what happened to her, and a little bit, little slice of what our life was like and is still. And the second episode was all about work, trying to work as a parent of a child with a disability and what that was like for me and some of the experiences that I've been privileged to share and hear about with clients and on this podcast and uh, throughout my travels. And this week, I want to talk about a really tough topic, relationships, divorce, how, how I got through it, um, where life stands now, and Here's my story. So my husband and I, my first husband and I met in law school and uh, we got married. And three seconds later, I was pregnant with Elizabeth. So we never really came together as a couple before we came together as a family. And Elizabeth was born a 29 week preemie in a crisis pregnancy and birth. It tested us for sure. Um, Things were not great. We were living in Virginia, where he's from. And after Elizabeth was born, I just needed to come back to Massachusetts because I knew that the best doctors were here at Boston Children's Hospital. We didn't really know what was wrong with her. And I just needed to be near my family. There's nothing like being with your family in times of crisis. At least that's true for me. And so I basically left and said, hey, I'm going back to Massachusetts. I hope you're going to come. And he did. Um, he came. He got a job here, but he wasn't happy here. He wanted to be home. 
and life was hard those first couple of years with Elizabeth. We, you know, things kind of settled down a bit. We got Elizabeth's diagnosis. We were hoping that she was going to be one of the lucky ones to do well over time, although the prognosis wasn't great. And we decided to have another baby. So we had Caroline. And Caroline was born, quote, unquote, perfect. I love how the doctors phrase these things. Um, obviously, she wasn't perfect. And living the life of a sibling, it's a trying life. It can be a beautiful life, too, but it can be very, very trying. When Caroline was about a year old, it was time to split. Um, I couldn't take it anymore. I was having a difficult time taking care of the two kids and he was not coping well. Like so many parents do, they have difficulty with the life that we have to live. Uh, no judgment, but it was an impossible task to care for him. And the kids, especially Elizabeth, um, she really needed a lot of support at that time. She really still was not doing well. So we split. He stayed in the area for a little while, but uh, eventually in a short time went back home to Virginia and was with his family. So I was single parenting. I was very fortunate that my mom was here with me. She moved into this house with us um, while my husband was still here when Elizabeth was a baby because Elizabeth needed so much support. And my mom, although she was working at the time, still working, she was able to give me a break in the evenings and then when Caroline came along, she was an enormous help with with both of them. Eventually, my mom retired within a few years of being here, and she was able to help a lot more. Because, of course, when my marriage split, my husband was not a high earner, and I had to go back to work. Um, I talked a lot about work last time, so I won't go into that here. But the difficulty in the relationship felt like such a huge failure to me. I felt like a failure. I felt like I was forced to make this ridiculously awful choice between taking care of the kids and taking care of my marriage. For those of you out there who are doing it all i i give you so much respect i cannot begin to applaud everything that you are able to do um taking care of a relationship is difficult in and of itself especially when you have little kids but throwing elizabeth's healthcare crises and um special needs in the mix it just I just couldn't do it. And I felt so awful. I was the first one to get divorced out of everybody I knew. And I just 
felt like I couldn't help but continue to compare myself to other people out there, other families that I saw and just wonder why I couldn't do it, why we couldn't do it. And yeah, I blamed myself. I blamed him a lot. (laughs) I still do. I wish I could be a better person, but I still blame him a lot. Um, But it was not going to work. So then I had this situation where he was not only not in the house, but he was also not in our state. Uh, And he came to visit occasionally. And in the beginning, there was no money. I actually let him stay in the house with us and the kids because I did not want to deprive my children of their father. And it was so difficult. I mean, talk about the difficulty of trying to, trying to manage a household with someone who keeps coming back that you're not married to, not in a relationship with, but that, you know, you kind of slip back into these, well, I'll make him dinner. Oh, you know, he's doing his laundry here. Like co-parenting for us always turned into parallel parenting, not co-parenting. And most of the time we did not get on the same page. I took control. Um, that's just the way that it had to be because he wasn't here and I was. And there were so many decisions that needed to be made on a daily, hourly basis, practically. And Elizabeth was hospitalized a lot. He couldn't always come. I don't, I can't speak for him. I don't know what his story completely is obviously but I respect that there were things that were that were in the way that prevented him from being able to do what needed to be done so I just managed it definitely took its toll on me uh I never thought I would get married again I didn't date much that was another whole nother story. I mean, if you can't even uh, find time to pee and take a shower, how do you date? <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of crazy. But um, I did have one serious relationship that was not a good one. And then I met my current husband, Mark. Now, again, I never thought I would be get married again. The kids were incredibly challenging. It was many years before Mark came along. Uh, Elizabeth was 16 and Caroline was 12 when I met Mark. We met at a work event. I was giving a speech, a talk um, at a group of lawyers and he kind of cornered me at the end of the talk and um, asked me a ton of questions, gave me his whole life story. Things kind of clicked for us in an instant. 
and we became friends. Um, and then it gradually grew. We didn't have traditional dates because how do you do that? So it turned out that Mark had a similar, not quite the same experience as I did. His daughter, Nikki, had Lyme disease and they went through a lot together as a family. Mark was divorced, of course. And that shared experience was very meaningful. I mean, my experience was not the same as his experience and vice versa, but just having been through so much trauma and trials with his family, it, it meant something. It, it made a difference in our ability to be able to talk to each other and communicate and to have that level of understanding. So Mark likes to, likes to call himself the best supporting actor in my journey. And, um, we kind of laugh and kid about it, but it's not, it's not a great place to be. I profoundly felt this, um, after Elizabeth passed away, we, I finally was able to go to a grief group for parents and Mark came with me. And this was a group that was just for parents who, um, from Boston Children's Hospital and Dana Farber Cancer Institute. So it was for me more meaningful to go to this group because again, shared experience. These families experienced a profound illness, some of them for many, many, many years like me, and they were exhausted and debilitated caregivers. And they had that experience of losing a child to illness, which any loss of a child is devastating. Being that long-term caregiver, it takes a toll in a different way. And there's a lot of guilt. And for some of us, like me, we had to make the decision to stop care. So there's a lot of, a lot of guilt there. A lot of questioning of every move that you've made, every decision that you've made. And it was really good to be in that group. But Mark was there as a step parent and he had only been a step parent for a short period of time, less than two years from the time that we met to the time that we married and Elizabeth passed away. Elizabeth died three weeks after we got married. Uh, we actually kind of, uh, set the wedding date with her in mind because she was she was fading away and we wanted her to be there. So our wedding was lovely and small and intimate. And uh, we just had it at church and, and had a little reception in the church hall. But the kids were there and everybody looked fantastic. And uh, Elizabeth was there with her hospice nurse. So getting back to the best supporting actor theme, when we went to this grief group, it took many weeks before Mark actually said anything. And then 
after listening and being there as my support, he finally spoke up and said something about how unique it was for him as a step parent and as somebody who stepped into this situation, which is amazing to me. And he was grieving too because he loved my children. He loves me. And it's very hard on that secondary partner on the outside family because you have your own grief, but then you're trying to support that grieving parent too. It, it didn't dawn on me until that moment when he spoke up that he needed support too and that he was feeling some level of what I was feeling. The the loss of Elizabeth changed our relationship. We went through some really hard times with Caroline together and as a step-parent and as a second marriage, we did not do everything right. There was a lot of turmoil. There were times, many times in the beginning after Elizabeth died that I just was absent. I mean, I literally was here, but not here. And he stepped in and made lunches and drove Caroline and <laughs> brought somebody in to clean the house and sent our laundry out and just did everything he could to keep things going. He is the most amazing person I have ever met. Um, not without flaws, but that's the beauty of it all. We are both flawed, and yet together we are better than the sum of our parts. I never had that in my first marriage. I never thought I would have anything like what I saw some of my friends have. But together we are stronger. So I, I was lucky that I got a second chance and a second bite at that apple. And he helped me heal for sure. I mean, I did the hard work. I do want to give myself credit for that, but he definitely helped me heal. I'm not saying that everybody needs to get on board with having a relationship. For me, it completes my life. Uh, it makes me very happy <laughs> and I love building something with Mark. He came on board with my dream of building special needs law group and then special needs companies and special needs family services and this podcast and writing the book and all the things that I do in memory of Elizabeth and in the name of the disability community. I don't know, best supporting actor, maybe, maybe, but I think maybe co-star. So that's my story of relationships, trials and tribulations, still hard. I still grieve Elizabeth so much, and I know that he doesn't understand completely what I'm going through, but he's patient and kind, and he's honest when things come up that 
are not good between us and just with me. And that's good. And that's really what it's about. The disability community as a whole has, we have trouble showing up as our real authentic selves. Again, people at large, they don't want to see pain. They don't want to hear about pain. It's so uncomfortable to talk about the loss of a child or the even the loss of a relationship. People just want you to move on and get better and do better. And, you know, all in our own time, we all are on our own paths and our own journeys, and we need grace to, to live, to live our story the way that we need to. So that's the end of my three-part series. I would really love it if you haven't read the book to go and get it and read it. It's called Butterflies and Second Chances. I poured my heart out my heart out in there. And I do hope that if you do read it, it helps. It's some it's something meaningful to you. Um, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would really love a positive rating and review. It helps get this content out to people who really need it, who are searching for it. And um, we will get back on track with a guest next week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Thanks for showing up. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.